Hello and welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Today's episode is episode 8 of season 11, the vestigial season. We have a full-length radio play written by co-host and co-founder Kevin Decker. Kevin, what is going on in this episode which we call The Scales of Justice, colon, the first finale? Well, I just have to back off your comments just a little bit, Tony. It is not quite a full-scale radio play. The idea was to pack in something more than just a regular-length segment, but it fell short of filling an entire episode. So wait, there's wait, other wait. stuff. Are are you here. saying I made a mistake? No, in no, what no. I I'm said? not just saying that. I, you're I'm picking saying you're, on me I'm again. I'm saying you're over. You're overselling. Like we had too much action to put into one segment, <laughs> so it overflowed into entire radio play. Well, about three quarters of an entire radio play. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Three quarters, but the good three quarters. Yeah, the best three. Quarters. The fourth quarter was pretty much a debacle. It was. Tony, since this radio play takes place in the Paleotethis Ocean about 450 billion years ago, you wanted to talk about how sentient are fish. Yeah, yeah. my first question is, though, are these, as we lay people call them, prehistoric submarine animals, yeah. are they fish? Some of them are fish. Some of them, including the conondonts, which are toothed fish. They were fishes, but many of them are invertebrates. We've got horseshoe crabs. We've got bacteria. It's all over the place. And these are all lawyers and judges. It is a courtroom drama. And that's where the invertebrate part comes in. That's right, because as we know, invertebrates don't have a spine. They that's, don't. That's why they're that's invertebrates. Why they're in court. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And in yeah. court. Yeah. So now that we've established the sort of creatures who will be indulging in courtroom drama, let's talk about the level of sentience of these invertebrates and vertebrates and toothsome conundons. They are all over the place, from horseshoe crabs who are lawyers, a judge is a nautiloid. I really don't know how much legal theory these different creatures have, but they're apparently able to speak and also use microwaves. So I think evolution has, on this planet, gone in a different... Well, wait a minute. It is our planet. Was our planet. So it was our planet. So yeah. what I'm basically saying is I don't really know how evolution works. <laughs> so. We're not sentient. That's <laughs> the problem. That is the problem. Well, I think sentience is overrated. It's certainly not big in this country these days. No, it's not. It's not. Nobody needs to feel anything. Or think or be self-aware. A lot of the characters in Scales of Justice, like Rusty the Horseshoe Bailiff, really want to work their way up the system, but they're probably too self-aware because they don't realize that they're only primeval creatures. So they're too self-aware and not self-aware enough to know their place in, what do we call It's not exactly a hierarchy. That's a human Imposed no, nor yeah, a pecking because order a bird because thing. it's pre-beak. Yeah, you know, we need like levels order. for the ocean, the natural, the, the, the high up, and then the lower down. The, the liquid part. strata. Right, right. So are we to take a lesson, a moral application for the story that the listeners who are now squirmingly ready to hear, what should we take away from this, Kevin? Well, all legal dramas enforce the moral that if it's not illegal, it's okay to do it. Another is that if the listener had written in in support of more Scales of Justice episodes. There would have been more before this first finale, but you kind of screwed up, listener. Yeah, you were perhaps insufficiently sentient Mm -hmm. to appreciate what Kevin's underwater enterprise has brought us. That's right. The world will be very poor when there are no more Scales of Justice. 
57 million BCE in another episode of The Scales of Justice, the courtroom drama adventures of Balthazar Q. Esterhazy. Trial abide at law. Esterhazy fights to prosecute the worst bottom feeders in the Paleo-Tethys Ocean and put them behind bars of iron, hard, coral, for good. The name of tonight's story is A Conviction of Conundance. Esther Hazy, where are you, you shifty old con? Whoa, why, it's cold in here. It's so cold, thanks to the Indian winter on land up above. Rusty, the horseshoe bailiff, as I've told you before, it's just a bit of the last ice age. Ice age? What? geological period is this cold left over from? Ordovician in the court. Ordovician in the court. Rusty, what's going on here? Well, sir, everybody's here for our case, but Larry, the cyanobacterium, is still kind of stuck here from his last case. He can't move, sir. He thinks he's got it bad? Look, those blocks of undersea ice over here are ancient. I bet those things trapped in some of them, those square-jawed oleaginous eel-like conundons are from the Ordovician period, too. Ugh, those little barbed teeth on those little guys, they're pretty ugly. Rusty, for the love of Nautiloid God, turn on the courtroom heaters. We've got to get Larry the Cyanobacterium's mechanical assist suit unfrozen. Really? This is so embarrassing. Please, just go on with trying your case. Okay, now I can apply some know-how from my bailiff applied science training. Everybody, real quick, step back from the panels on the floor labeled with the big exclamation marks. What, what, why ever should we do such a th th thing, Bailiff? Because that's how we label the volcanic vents. Uh, activating seafloor heating in five, four, three. I always wondered what that symbol was for. Wait, I can't look down. I can't move at all. Wait, am I standing on an exclamation mark? Too late to pause now. Three... Two, one. Hey, look! It's the colony of giant hydrothermal vent tubeworms permanently stuck under the floor of the courtroom. What terrible luck! Our efforts to heat the courtroom have left us with an invasion of tubeworms. I believe the legal term for what I'm feeling is yuck. Yes, listener, it's those disgusting parasites of the volcanic flood scene, giant hydrothermal vent tube worms. They're icky, they're yicky, and yes, if you get too close, they're sticky. When they're startled, boo, they slip like little cowards back into their tubes. The only time that those of us who are good, clean bottom dwellers can truly be comfortable with them around is when they're quivering inside their calcified tubes, decided when to come back out and show their super ugliness to the world again. Ah, oh, leave the tube worms alone, Esther Hazy. You didn't even mention how pathetic they are, Esther Hazy. They just 
flop around, can't talk, they don't have fins or fingers or appendages, they can't play bridge, they can't emote. I declare, they're ugly and they're boring. Judge, sir. I have to speak my truth here, Rusty. I hate these tube-worm fellas. You know, Judge Nautiloid, now that I, Larry the Cyanobacterium, am free once again to move, I would like very much to defend the honor of these tube-worms in an open court of law. Oh, Larry. Larry, old pal, some of your suit's engine oil must be polluting your air inside there. Don't. Larry the Cyanobacterium, when will you get it into your tiny mind? Quite literally tiny. When will you recognize that honor is not something you can defend in the progressive and analytical undersea courts of today's world? No. You'd have to think yourself forward to about 500 million years from now, when things like honor and chivalry will be all the rage of the courtier set. Sometimes I'm pretty sure that Judge Nautiloid isn't as narrow and stupid as he appears. Your Honor, if you're thinking about letting this honorable court's honor be besmirched by this frivolous, honorless Sinobacterium's legal flummery, then allow me to just say I stand ready to prosecute the two worms. On what charge? General grotesqueness, a charge which I believe the two worms will settle no low contendere. Esther Hazy, you idiot. That means you're not able to prove them guilty or not guilty. It's like coming to a legal draw. Silence. Since I have a conflict of interest and tentacles with a defendant, I'll have to recuse myself. But how can we try these awful parasites when you're our only judicial official, Your Honor? I think I know what he's going to do. Rusty the Horseshoe Bailiff, prepare to invert the courtroom to night court mode. Hang on, everybody. We've never switched courtrooms with live bodies inside before. Welcome to Night Court. Judge Hydra presiding. Well, our hero, Balthazar Q. Esterhazy, who, now I come to think of it, is pretty unheroic, has really been thrown for a loop. Surely he thought that Night Court was merely a manifestation of his own delirium. Now, on the first part of a special Scales of Justice two-part story, it seems that his worst nightmare has become real. Oh, well, it happens to the best of us. Maybe things work out, because I've been asked to say, tune in next time for part two, when we hear Esterhazy cry, Brace, everyone! And now, fire the subaqueous cannon of enraged barb-toothed eels! Men in Charge is sponsored by Fly Swatter Red Wine. Folks, whether you're camping in the dark or legally in a park or just hanging out in the rain, our imposing lineup of grapey goodies is, well, bottled. For your goodness pleasure, we brew no wine before it's fine, or at least pretty good generally for what we're asking. Check out our pull dates and then head off to the woods with enough confidence to share with others. That's what we do. 
And that's how we hope you'll drink with confidence. That's Fleischwater Red Blend, or either of its rougey second cousins, No Sir Syrah or Sauvignon Slurp. You won't break the bank or much else, and that's our pledge. And coming next fall, two new offerings will hit the shelves, both our extra yellow Chagrin Chardonnay and its nosy neighbor, Pinocchio Pinot, are slated to slake the thirsts of the unsuspecting on a budget. So remember, it's bottoms up. And folks, pick up your corks. Lysawada Red, not currently available in fine restaurants, and don't hold your breath about the others either. Men in Charge, the most interesting men in the world. week on the History Channel, Thor Igor Rasmussen, the noted documentarian of minor fabrics like felt and the rare dog breed, the miniature Shih Tzu, brings audiences a new 43-part series on an era of history which, frankly, you just won't believe. Yes, it's Thor Igor Rasmussen's Lutheran Finland's Witch Craze. Hello, listener. Join me, Thor Igor Rasmussen, as we survey the remarkable origins of the everyday practice of the Finnish Lutherans of bending the Eastern miracle to the, dare we say it, the profane custom of welcoming witches. Here, everybody's got to check in here at the gate before we let you into Finopolis. Aye, well, ye caught me. I'm Wicked Evie, the witch of the Scabland Tundra. Oh, hello there, Wicked Evie. Welcome to Finopolis. I'm Tuomo, Captain of the Guard. Oh, hello. Is this how it is here? You're friendly to lure a poor old purveyor of charms and herbs inside the city walls. Then ye burn her? Burn her? What? Are you joking, woman? Now here. Here's a city map for you, and these pamphlets point out some of the finer family attractions of Finopolis. And, oh, don't, don't let me forget, these are coupons you can use just inside the gate at the Baltic Herring Cart. Buy one peck, get a second one a half price. If you say so. But I've been across all the Scandinavian kingdoms, from the Grand Duchy of Oslo to the Caliphate of Otto Sturgeon Bones, and nobody treats a witch like a real, honest-to-badness human servant of Satan. So I can't help but smell a rat. Oh, that's just something rotten in Denmark. Right over across the channel, the lee wind just sends it over here, all of it. Well, there's no net waiting just beyond the gate to scoop me up, is there? <laughs> Why? Because you're a witch? Look, I can see you don't know how things really work here over the border in Finland. Why don't you ask for some help at ye old information shanty for new witch citizens? Right up the third mud bound, just beyond the public coven circle and the magic shop. See? See up there. If and you say so, fella. But careful. 
I'm watching all the time. I got eyes in the back of me head. Yes, and they're quite beautifully blue, too. Up the mud mounds with you, you beautiful hag. Yes, it's all the mayhem, all the sex, all the scandal. It's the whole witchy story. It's Lutheran Finland's witch craze. All the rigorous and painstaking effort you've come to expect from a Rasmussen documentary series. And it's all completely true. This crazy witch shit on Easter in Finland is absolutely true. Listen to me. I'm not making it up. Not this time. Not after my disastrous decision to settle my last fraud trial through the mechanism of the people's court. No, sir. Google it. Lutheran Finland's witch craze. Well, like he said multiple times, it's Lutheran Finland's Witch Craze, airing on the History Channel every Thursday evening right after the award-bereft series Fireside Chats with Larry the Cable Guy. And yes, listeners, this is all about real things that really happen. Welcome on board the Men in Charge bus. There's just one clean seat left, so sit down and shut up. Listener, welcome back to the year 457 million BCE and the Scales of Justice, the courtroom drama adventures of Balthazar Q. Esterhazy, trial abide at law. Esterhazy fights to prosecute the worst modern feeders in the Paleo-Tethys Ocean and put them behind bars of iron-hard coral for good. And now, the Scales of Justice and part two of tonight's drama, A Conviction of Conondants. And nothing else. Esther Hazy, I wanted this sidebar with you to convince you that you don't have to make a fool of yourself dueling with Larry the cyanobacterium in front of the judge's bench. Look, Lapworth, I'll take your advice on the day I retire, and not before then, yo coo. You'll regret this, Esther Hazy. Mind your own business before you bust a sucker clump. Welcome to Night Court, Judge Hydra presiding. Thank you, Ox the Starfish Bailiff. Is that a new uniform? Oh, it is. Thanks for noticing. Now, to business. Ox, would you read the charge? Ah, sure. Quote, unquote, one order brain coral shop suey, one egg food carapace St. Paul sandwich, one lychee nut ice cream, 
two Diet Cokes. That's the charge bill from my lunch at future dynasties of China restaurant today. Ox, please read the charge in this case. Oh, right. Well, Your Honor, the prosecutor, Mr. Esterhazy, is bringing charges against the giant hydrothermal vent tube worms that live under the court building. Charges of what? Of being sucky and yicky and generally making everyone want to puke, sir. Your Honor. Silence. And where is the defense? Right here, Your Honor. Larry the Cyanobacterium. I'm here, ready to prove my clients not guilty of the prosecutor's arbitrary and irrelevant charges. And are the defendants present in this court? They are no, Your Honor. Ugh! These are two worms? Where are their mouths? Can they even testify on behalf of themselves? Not as such, sir. But, sir, I would urge you not to prejudge. Silence! Your Honor, if I may cut in, I like the two worms. I wanted to talk with them for the longest time. What is this in aid of, Ox the Starfish Bailiff? In my spare time, I have developed a tube worm translator. I call it the TT for short. TT? Ha <laughs> Memorable. Esther Hazi, don't provoke. Haven't you noticed that the tube worms have been multiplying during all of this? Well, if you have such a device, then by all means, switch it on, Ox. This will be an historic occasion for the giant hydrothermal vent tube worms to have a voice of their own, to express their identities, to cry freedom like Stephen Biko. Judge Hydro, I must object. As the defense for the giant hydrothermal vent tube worms, I would like to point out that the defendant's actual testimony is not a submitted piece of evidence in this case. That's right, Your Honor. I just have to fine tune for their brainwaves. Multiply. Conquer. Multiply. Divide. Consume all sea swimming mobile meat. Sea swimming mobile meat? What's that mean? They're not as friendly as I might have expected. Mr. Ozzy, you cretin! The tomb worms are duplicating and taking over the courtroom! I must myself personally admit that I'm mostly covered in tomb worm by now. Why, I told you so, Esther Hazy! Judge Hydra, emergency switch over to Esther Hazy and Lapworth's day court, sir! Agreed! Ox the starfish bailiff, immediately invert the courtroom to day court mode! Right on, Chief! Oh. The tube worms trained their attention on night court. We're safe here. But only day court dwellers transitioned over. The tube worms are going to feed on Judge Hydra and all the others back there. Rusty, the horseshoe bailiff, and I didn't expect you back so soon, Esther Hazy. Wait, I have a plan. Lapworth, get to work defrosting those Conodont eel guys we discovered in the Ordovician ice. How am I supposed to do that, genius? Hey, I 
have a microwave oven built into my mobility suit to save money on lunches out by bringing stuff from home, you know? They're perfect. Get to it, Larry and Lapworth. Rusty, didn't I hear you talking about the Bailiff Applied Science Club earlier? Are you in that club with Night Court's Ox, the Starfish Bailiff? Yeah, sure. Why? Well, didn't I also hear you mentioning in part one that you had been developing in your own spare time a two-barreled subaqueous cannon weapon? I'm pretty sure I didn't say that in the first part. Well, sloppy scriptwriting aside, do you have the gizmo or not? I do. Here, since it's two-barreled, I call it the deuce. This is Model 10. Yes, I see the big X on the side. I'll be happy when Roman numerals are finally invented, though. Respect, Rusty. I really admire this Deuce X Machina. Nobody could have expected it. And I see immediately how to work it. Get ready to shift us back to night court, Rusty. Here are the Conondants, Esther Hazy. Time to turn up the charm. Look, Conondants, you've been out of circulation for a really long time. The world has changed. You want your freedom, but I have to ask you to earn it by swimming up the back end of this experimental underwater cannon. Uh, the Conondons want to know what will happen to them after, Esther Hazy. Well, it's an experimental underwater cannon, so I have no way of knowing what might happen to someone fired out of it. You've won them over for now, Esther Hazy. I just hope the Conondons don't regret it. Rusty, send us back to the night court. Hold on to your potatoes. Whatever those are. Brace, everyone. And now, fire the subaqueous cannon of enraged barbtooth eels. They're enraged because they just figured out what happens to them after they get fired out of a cannon. Oh, no, no, I, 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 well, I saved the court again. That's a good day's work. Esther Hazy. No need to thank me, Lapworth. My effort is worth more than your life's worth, I'm sure you'll find. Esther Hazy, I just meant to point out that by using the high-velocity toothy jaws of the Ordovician Conondance as a weapon... More kamikaze pilots in my book. Shut, Shut up, up, Larry. Larry. Whatever we call them, you've wiped them all out and so committed genocide, Esther Hazy. Genocide? Not again. Well, Tony, uh, that is about how the fish swims, and so would you thank our cast? We are thanking hereby Nancy Roth, Ryan Weldon, Scott Herrick, Ann Porter, Tony Flynn, Kevin Decker, and Jody Stewart-Strobelt. We'd also like to thank the author of today's episodes, largely Kevin Decker, but also Scott Herrick. And we have to thank the Bad Plus 
for giving us for free their P7 Minute Mind for our theme music. Now we're in trouble in the vestigial <laughs> season with copyright. We'd also like to thank that coterie of individuals who kept asking us, can we have more finales sooner? Nancy Roth, Vern Windham, Carrie Boyce, Nisha Schramm, Savannah Rothy, and the man who snapped out of a degrading lifestyle of summers working on Alaskan fishing boats by peddling influence in D.C., Brian Lindsay. 